When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Snippet, the short podcast platform. Boy meets 90s. Boy meets 90s. Welcome to Boy Meets 90s, a new show from Snippet celebrating 90s and early 2000s nostalgia for the millennial generation. Each week, we'll highlight a specific element of pop culture from the decade and interview a notable guest about it. On today's show, it's not just one TV show, not one movie or video game, it's hundreds of them. Our guest is a man who you don't even know you know because you've never seen his face, but you do know him. You know him as Raphael in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, maybe as Yakko in the Animaniacs, as Pinky in Pinky in the Brain, Carl Weezer in Jimmy Neutron, and as many characters in video games like Super Smash Bros. and Metal Gear Solid, and more recently, you know him as Snowball in the cartoon Rick and Morty. His name is Rob Paulson, and he's a voice actor whose career has spanned three decades and too many roles to even recall. So today we go back to a time when cartoons were actually drawn on paper. We recall the weekend mornings where we would wake up early just to see the new episode of our favorite show. We try to remember all the countries in the song Yakko's World. Yes, he is going to sing it for us. I'm Tyler Russell, and today on Boy Meets 90s, a history of our favorite cartoons and games from a man who's been in almost all of them. Rob Paulson was born in Detroit. He is married and has one son, Ashton. Growing up in Grand Blanc, Michigan, Rob sang in choirs throughout his youth and adolescence and began performing in his grammar schools. He thought he may grow up to be a singer, but his idol growing up was Gordie Howe of the Detroit Red Wings, so being a professional hockey player was also on the table. But his Golden Pipes landed him his first acting gig in 1983 with the miniseries G.I. Joe, a real American hero, where he played Snowjob and Tripwire. Then it was Smurfs, Fraggle Rock, Johnny Quest, and the rest is history. So what does Rob Paulson think about the fact that a career that basically fell into his lap has lasted this long, that we even care to talk to him about it? Here's Rob. Uh, I'm really kind of utterly humbled by the fact that people, A, remember, and that they take the time to make a fuss. I mean, I, I, um, I was just really feeling as though I was an incredibly fortunate actor and thought, oh, my God, I fooled another producer, and they've hired me for this show. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and um, here we are now, 30 years later, after I've been doing it, and um, the folks who were little kids and are now grown-ups, such as you, are now uh, really interested, I think, in, in who it was, uh, myself and many other folks, that uh, produced the, the things that were so important to them and, and carry um, such beautiful nostalgia now. But then they also have their children. I do personal appearances all the time and Mom and Dad will come and dress as Raph and Donnie, and now their kids will come dressed as Mikey and Leo. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. Um, at least, even in that that single franchise, it is really amazing how no pun intended, well maybe a little pun intended, how evergreen that franchise <laughs> is. And it's 
it's just nuts. It's arguably as big now as it's ever been. If you're not quite catching on, the green pun is revolving around Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Rob was Raphael in the original and has been recast on the new Nickelodeon show as Donatello some decades later. The, uh, the show on Nickelodeon, um, which has uh, uh, really become hugely popular, and um, we now, I'm Donatello now, so right. 25 years later, people are nice enough to hire me for a brand new turtle. And um, so now I figure if I live to be 100, I can knock all four of them out. Um, <laughs> we have a pretty good cast there, and, uh, and we're doing a couple of crossover episodes in which the original voice cast come back to meet the turtles in a different dimension, and so I get to act opposite myself, which is pretty fun. Now, I'm really glad Rob is a good sport, because, of course, we're going to ask him to do every voice that we talk about today. So we'll start with both of those turtles. Of course, there's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who says things like, Hold the phone. I think we're on the same side. Turtle power! And now today, I'm Donatello. The voice is a little higher, a little nerdier. Oh, also, I've got a uh, human girlfriend. We have an interspecies romance, and that would be April O'Neil. Um, she's really hot and makes me kind of, um, kind of all... Um, I don't know, mushy in my turtle shell as more. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. Man, it is fun to hear that. It just makes me grin from ear to ear, and I'm sure I'm not alone in enjoying the nostalgia of voices and sounds from childhood that we forgot how much we loved. Rob still does speaking engagements all over the world at places like Comic-Con and the World Animation Celebration where he's met with resounding laughter when he breaks into an old character. He's signed thousands and thousands of autographs. But why was the decade so special? Why are we rabid fans about 90s TV? Was it really the fact that cartoons were better in that decade? Or is it just a coincidence that our generation can't stop thinking or talking about it? Rob tries to explain exactly that. To me... I think it's largely um, due to the fact that there was this huge boom all of a sudden in uh, the late 80s and through the 90s. Um, Because when I came to California in 1978, I think, um, ostensibly to do live action, like virtually all of us who do what I do now, we all started on stage doing theater, stand-up, improv, music, all of which I did, and uh, and then you kind of find your way into animation and realize that, wow, this is cool. Nobody cares what I look like, and I can be hired for things with my voice and my talent that I would never be considered for on camera. But my timing, I think, was pretty excellent because, um, remember, when I came to uh, L.A., it was Saturday morning on ABC, CBS, and NBC, yeah. three net- major networks. Um, yeah, there was there were um, syndicated afternoon after-school shows, but Nothing like now. And, and of course, at PBS with Sesame Street and, and uh, um, the other, you know, other electric company and all that. However, man, oh, man, in the 80s and ni- late 80s and 90s, it started to take off. When I got here, where there's no cable, no satellite, no DVDs, no video games. The only video games were Pong, you know. Yeah. And um, the only thing that made those interesting was smoking a giant bowl and drinking a couple of Coronas. And um, so none of that was around. But uh, I got in at the right time, and the first shows I did were big syndicated shows, uh, uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. and um, Those were uh, not unlike Turtles, um, shows that essentially became half-hour commercials to sell action figures. But I'm a capitalist. I get that. You know, the, If you can combine great nostalgia and things that have a good message and are entertaining and also sell a lot of product. And, you know, then you got, that's 
that's kind of what you want. Right. Um, so I believe it was because there was all of this product that just came out. So now people my age have, actors who've done what I do, have their fingers in, oh my God, so many pies. You know, my IMDb is not, I, I, I would, would um, uh, sort of, um, um, that's what I'm looking for. I, I appreciate the fact that people say, oh my God, look here, IMDb, but I humbly sort of suggest that that's as a result of being available for all this new stuff that came around. So yeah. if you look my IMDb, Maurice LaMarche, uh, Frank Welker, certainly, um, Tress McNeil, um, uh, you know, all the folks who've been around that long, uh, our respective IMDb's are, are pretty enormous because it was this huge boom. So I would go from doing Johnny Quest in the morning to The Mask in the afternoon. The next day I'd do The Tick in the morning. In the afternoon I'd do Pinky and the Brain. And the next morning I'd do Animaniacs. In the afternoon I'd do Ninja Turtles. And the next day I'd do Mighty Max. In the afternoon I'd do, uh, you know, Darkwing Duck. And so um, you all of a sudden, if you're lucky enough to be working and, and uh, have a, a saleable skill set, uh, then you know, it, uh, part of what my stock and trade is being versatile. And if you're able to do that, sing in character, do dialects, then, you know, word gets around pretty fast and they go, hey, this guy that I just worked with on uh, uh, um, Goof Troop uh, was, able, you know, was singing this cool song and character, so let's see if he can do that in, you know, uh, Smurfs. So they call up and say, hey, we got this little song in Smurfs, can you say, sure, I'll do that, and listen to it, oh, this guy's good, okay, let's bring him back. So it, it, it just feeds on itself, and so while I'm incredibly, I'm, I'm what I am is the grateful recipient of, of, I think, really good timing. Right. And um, my skills were ready to do that, and I'd had a lot of training um, on stage and otherwise before I really got into it. So it wasn't an accident. Um, it was a happy accident that I came out at the right time. But as they say, luck is when um, opportunity meets preparedness, and I think I'm a proper example of that because I was utterly ready to work. I think why people like especially Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain, is that they are shows that were written on a couple of levels and did not, on purpose, did not condescend to the audience. That is, that they assumed that though there were children, in quotes, watching the show, a lot of times their adults, a parent would be watching too, just like I did with my dad with Rocky and Bowling and Looney Tunes. So now I get, I can't even tell you how many people I meet, so there must be millions out there who are now 30 and watch Pinky and the Brandon Animaniacs and say, oh my God, I totally didn't get this cultural reference oh, when yeah. I was 11. Absolutely. And, and the songs are so sophisticated. And that was absolutely as a result of Steven Spielberg and Tom Luger's um, desire to use that model. He used the Pinky and uh, the uh, Looney Tunes and Rocking Bullwinkle model. Um, so that it, uh, And the Flintstones, same thing. And that you can watch these things. These, some of these things are 60 years old, man. And yeah. they're still entertaining. And the prime example of that, of what has stuck with us as adults from the Animaniacs, is two things, right? It's the 50 State Capitals song, which, by the way, is sung by Wacko, not Yakko, and Yakko's World, which Rob still remembers, and if sung correctly, lists every single country on planet Earth. So here he is with some of that. Hello, nurse Yakko Warner here. And if you're not busy, you can follow me, because today I'm going to be heading to the United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, the Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guiana, and still Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil. Rob's a great sport. 
He never hesitates to do any voice you ask him to do from his entire past, and we will do that in a moment. We'll go through pretty much every character. But there's a reason why. There's a story that he tells of why he's so willing to do that. When I was 27, 28, and I got to work with Mel Blanc, I was sitting next to him at Hanna-Barbera working on a Jetsons project, hmm. and I said, um, Mr. Blank, I, I hope I'm not bothering you, overstepping my bounds, but would, would you mind, before I got it out of my mouth, he said, man, what's up, Doc? And God almighty, <laughs> it just blew my mind, and it was the coolest thing, and it made me feel happy and young and, and nostalgic, and it was transportational, man. It was crazy. And so now I understand exactly what that's like. So if somebody says, I love me, oh, you do? Isn't that nice? No. And they just laugh. So I'm very, very lucky. Boy Meets 90s will be right back with more from voice acting legend Rob Paulson. Welcome back to Boy Meets 90s. Our conversation with Rob Paulson continues. Okay, I don't think we can leave him in suspense any longer. We have the voice actor from so many notable cartoon characters and video games. So let's just do them all. Do every one you remember, Rob, if you don't mind. Why don't we start with Pinky? exciting day to be here on your show and I'm glad we won't be talking all day because I've got some place to go. See, I'm not the stupid one. I just made that up on the, on the spur of the moment. Then, of course, there's Carl Weezer who um, is the little fat guy with the inhaler and Jimmy Neutron. And I still like that character. Oddly enough, chicks dig me. Um, not real chicks, baby chickens, but I get a lot of phone numbers, so there's that. Oh, yeah. For those of you who are fans of uh, Fairly Odd Parents, my name is Mark Chang, and I am from Yuga, Potamia. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of something else that, uh, oh, I know, I played a character that was a really good show in the 90s, uh, a show called The Tick, and I was Arthur, so I guess I was his sidekick, as it were, and my pretty much every line was something like, I don't know, Pip. I don't think that's such a good idea. That was pretty much it. I was PJ on Goof Troop. I was the big... Something about fat guys with weird voices. I did two of them. This was PJ, and don't pay much attention, but if you if you close it up and make it even nerdier, it becomes Carl Weezer. So they're kindred spirits. But, uh, yeah, Goof Troop was cool. Do you remember Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing that you mentioned that. My kid came home one day from uh, college, I think it was. He said, Dad. I said, yeah, what's up, man? Are you okay? He goes, I had no idea that you... I had no idea. What? Are you, what? what? So you were Gray Fox in Metal Gear Solid. And I, I didn't remember. I said, what is that? What I was? And what is that? And he said, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The Metal Gear... I'm not a gamer. My kid is like a pro gamer. And, um, and I, I... So anyway, he pulled it up on the screen. He said, that's you. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. He says, oh, my God, that's just so freaking awesome. And I'm thinking, all the shit I've done, <laughs> this one goofy character on, you know, but but that also, I learned a lot. Because now I understand why guys like Troy Baker and and um, Jennifer Hale and Nolan North, man, these guys are becoming rock stars yeah. as a result of, the, of their performances. And they should be. They're uber-talented but I understand now the gaming culture and how invested people get. But holy sh! I have people all over the world who will bring up at every event half a dozen times, ten times, a Gray Fox thing for me to sign. And so I don't remember the speech, but all they want to hear me say is, 
Yeah. And I, isn't that great? And I get the reaction that you just gave me. It's fantastic. But I, all I have to do, it's like saying, Narf, or hello, nurse, or turtle power, or it just makes people happy. And Dude, it just it makes me smile. You're absolutely right. I mean, oh. the whole time you were doing that, I'm just grinning because it's just this this this, this memory genes that we have yeah. that are just right. triggered and just. I mean, it's just it, it just takes you back to a time where nothing was wrong and everything right. was okay, and you had the, these characters as your company, as your friends, and it's well, so I, great. You're absolutely right, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a. There, it, what happens uh, quite often, and I did not know this until I started, you know, putting myself out there more, and I really love it because, you know, hey, everybody likes to be made a fuss over. But what I really, really crave is the interaction with fans, and then I get these stories, and, and they're they're kind of similar to what you had mentioned, and often they, they go even farther. What I mean by that is that I'll inevitably, inevitably, at, at whatever show I'm attending, irrespective of how many people are there, I will meet usually half a dozen to a dozen people to whom some of the characters just that I've done have been the difference between, like they'll say, it'll be either that as a result of the characters, they had a really happy, fond memory, as you suggested, or they'll say, but for those characters, my childhood would have been miserable. Wow. And man, I, I mean, you know, here's somebody say, look, man, the only thing that got my mother for six months of chemo was pinky in the brain. Uh, or, my parents went through a divorce, and my brother and I, man, we hung on to each other, and we got through that because of Turtles, where I was bullied, and Turtles, you know, got me into martial arts, and I feel good about myself. And so when you do that character, now that I'm 35 years old, it takes me to a place that, that but for that show, I, I honestly don't know what I would have filled that void with. And so, my God, what a crazy compliment and, and, and a validation of the work that goes so far beyond action figures and the paycheck, you know? It's, it's just, um, and I'm grateful to be around to hear that. I, I, I'm just blown away. So when nice people like you take the time to talk to me about it, um, I, I get this great opportunity to essentially say thank you um, for not only watching and making sure my you know, kid had braces, but, um, but thank you for allowing me to do something that had such a profound impact on you, and thereby, you know, I'm getting paid back by you guys and it, it really it's it's just a fantastic uh synergy that happens as a result of these really wonderful characters and i'll also make it clear man i don't write them and i don't draw them I'm just an actor <laughs> yeah so credit where it's due i but, think uh, that's uh that's a fantastic place to close it man i mean i, I it's such a pleasure to have you again and um uh, Rob Paulson, uh, voice actor from your memory, from your childhood, uh, all those characters that we just named. This has been Boy Meets 90s. Thank you very much, sir. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Next week, we talk about our favorite decade with the founding members of Sugar Ray, Stan Frazier, and Murphy Kurgis. For more shows you'll love in 20 minutes or less, visit snippet.fm.